Welcome to IRUN Radio. Coming up, running 100K to settle a bet. There's a huge difference between 50K and 100K. It's not just adding another 50K. It's normally when I get to, you know, waddling through a, a 50K, I'm, I'm quite worked and happy to sit on the couch and not move for three or four days. Sure. Um, so yeah. to do, a, do another 50 after that was, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a world of hurt. Returning to running after a long break. I just felt like something was missing. Uh, I don't know. I just felt like, you know, I was happier when I was running and sort of figured, uh, you know, do I want to get back into it? Uh, but honestly, I was totally nervous. I mean, it was so long. Uh, I mean, I wasn't competing for a win anymore, um, but I, I wanted to kind of get that feeling of the races. And getting the news that you got into Boston. I just can't wait to see what the crowd support is like. You know, I, I feel like every marathon I've run, there's always a good, uh, you know, 10 or 20K where you're sort of alone out there trudging. And uh, I, so I'm looking forward to a race where it's just there's people on every stage of the way. On this edition of I Run Radio, the inspiring story of a high school coach who agreed to run 250 laps of the track if his team won a championship plus a runner who has come back to the sport, determined to inspire others. And we'll talk to one of many who got good news from the Boston Marathon this week. Let's get things started now with the editor and general manager of iRun, Ben Kaplan. Hello, Ben. Hey there. We should tell people about our Army Run experience last wow. weekend. That was a lot of fun. So great. So great running with you and so great seeing the turnout for just one of the most fantastic events I wouldn't even say in the country, I'd say bar none. Wow. That's uh, yeah. high praise indeed. And just to let people know <laughs> what we did, we this was kind of planned at the last minute, but uh, you had run a marathon in Erie, Pennsylvania recently, and so you were in marathon shape, but not you know not really in shape to race it because you ran pretty fast in Erie. And uh, I was hoping to do a fall marathon at some point uh, and had been training, so we decided to turn the Army run into a marathon. It's, it's a half marathon, a 10 and a 5K, uh, and some people do challenges where they combine different events. But what we did is we set off at 7.30 or thereabouts on Sunday morning. We ran 21.1 kilometers and arrived at the start line about five minutes before the race was to begin. And then we ran the half marathon to give us a total of a marathon on the day. Yeah, and it was really uh, fun, and it's yeah. a great example. This was your terrific idea, and it's just a great example of how we can do anything we want with the sport and contribute in our own way and get what we need. And There's all of these great things out there that you're able to experience, and it was a really fun idea, and I kept telling you, you know, thank you, because it, the, the idea really changed the uh, complexity of the weekend uh, for the better. Yeah, and you know, it it shows you, I think, that you can improvise a little bit. I'm sort of That's stuck true. in Ottawa because I'm That's covering right. the federal election and uh, very busy with work, so I, I can't really leave town and go do a destination marathon this fall. And, uh, you know, and, and so if you're looking to do something, you it's there for you. If you really want to do it, you can you can improvise. I love that. And I think a little bit uh, that what happens to us is we get bogged down. You know, yeah. we do this with our training runs, too. And it's that thing, too. Don't, don't let the perfect get in the way of the good. And don't be too precious with this stuff. Have fun. It's out there for you. This is your, you know, this is your experiences. And you don't have to, uh, you know, follow any preconceived path. Absolutely.
Now, we should talk about your friend Ben, yes. who ran with you in Erie, Pennsylvania, qualified for Boston, yes. and like so many other runners, applied to enter the Boston Marathon and found out this week that he got in. So wow. for those people who don't know, you, you have to run a qualifying time to get into Boston, but then even that qualifying time may not be good enough. If too many people register with, with qualifying times, then they drop the slower runners and there's kind of a cutoff line. Uh, but your friend Ben discovered that he is in. This is his dream. This is his goal. And he's going to be running Boston in April. It's so wonderful. And I've been with him from soup to nuts. And I signed him up or got him in with my run group. And, he, you know, he's got two kids and a wife and the whole thing and oh, a big job and everything else. But the running has really been fundamentally important to him. And he gave me uh, this one time he just told me, and he was like, you know, one of the best things about my year was joining this race group, uh, you know, our, our training program. And, and through that, he qualified for Boston, had a PB in his half and a PB in his marathon, and now he's doing Boston. And, yeah, it's just wonderful to see that, like, even when you're on your ways, and, you know, he's not quite as old as I am, but, you know, he had his life, and then he sort of doubled down on running, and he just really commented on how, like, wow, this has markedly made my life better. And that's just wonderful, because that's all we can really ask for our sport. Yeah, and he's going to be on the show today uh, to talk about his experience and uh, what he thought of the Erie Marathon and and what the moment was like when he discovered that he actually was getting into the Boston Marathon. And that's an experience that a lot of people had this week. Now, unfortunately, uh, there were also people who were left on the outside, right? They that's right. The cutoff time is about a minute and a half below your qualifying time, which means somebody who needed a 325 and did a 324.30 is not going to get into Boston. That's the cruel reality of this event, right? There's so many people who want to run it and so few spots, and, and every year they have to say no to people. Yeah, it's, it's really, and it speaks to this, I, it's beyond marketing power, but to some reason that Boston and New York marathons have to turn marathon runners away, whereas the biggest marathons in our country, you know, if we can get 5,000 people to show up on a marathon start yeah. line, that is incredible. And Boston, what is the capacity there? It's 30, around 30,000, 30 to 35, yeah. So they're getting that many people and turning people away in droves. So, you know, somehow if we can just figure out what we need to do is recreate Boston. Yeah, it's, it is surprising to me that there isn't a bigger marathon in Canada. There's lots of big running events like Ottawa Race Weekend where there are tens of thousands of participants, but there isn't even a, a marathon in Canada that has 10,000 participants. And then you've got races in Chicago and New York and, and Boston that are 30, 40, 50,000 participants. That is that is surprising. We should work on that, Ben. That's that's a I little mean, project for us. You know, yeah. I've spoken with I've spoken with some of the best minds in the sport. I mean, yeah. as you have, it's you tough. know, I spoke John Halverson, the former race director of Ottawa, and Alan Brooks, who's gone with Canada Running Series and done so much. And we just even I I don't know that any of them put seventy five hundred marathon runners on the starting line. Yeah, not in Canada, no. All right, Ben. Good stuff. It was great running with you last weekend. Great chatting with you this weekend. We will talk to you next week. Onward we go. That is Ben Kaplan, I Run's editor and general manager. Coming up next, the high school coach who ran 100K to fulfill a promise to his team. The Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Marathon is flat, fast, and festive. And this year, it's celebrating its 30th birthday. On October 20th, join some of Canada's fastest racers and compete for yourself 
on their 5K, half marathon, and marathon course. Register now at torontowaterfrontmarathon.com. Ryan Melcher is the track and field coach at Hensworth Secondary School in the Vancouver area. He recently promised his team that if they won the championship and beat their point total from last year, he would run 250 laps of the track, a total of 100K. Ryan, thanks for joining us on iRun Radio. Oh, not a problem. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Tell me a little bit about the track team that you coach. Uh, so it's a, uh, a high school in uh, North Vancouver, and uh, I have been coaching them about five years now. I both do cross country and the track and field uh, programs. Um, back in uh, you know a couple decades ago, they had uh, historically known as really really strong teams, and then you know kind of like a lot of you know high school certain programs, uh, Edmund Flow, and um, when I came across. Uh, a couple people that were there, they they didn't have really a program. They didn't have a coach uh, to it. And um, I grew up in Ontario and went to Blueville and Waterloo, and we just had like an awesome uh, set of coaches that were really passionate, and that kind of made uh, the team what it is. And it was a great experience for me in high school. So you know, I kind of you know got to thinking once it had been put out that we don't have a coach. It's like, man, you know, if I didn't have this for myself and in, in high school, that would have been a huge loss. So um, you know, how much how much time's involved and uh, you know, kind of put my uh, put my name in the hat to uh, to coach them, and uh, yeah, it it uh, five years later, it's uh, still going strong. Great yeah. team, and I'm still there. I've aged aged terribly a bit from uh, <laughs> the uh, what the uh, the young ones will do to you, but uh, yeah, it's been awesome. But you wanted to give them the same kind of experience you had in high school. Yeah, it was just something of like we had a we had a massive cross country team and track team and you know just kind of those those bonds not necessarily the you know what what you're targeting as an individual just that camaraderie and and a team dynamic uh, that you get with something that I really valued uh, and you know still look back on very positively from uh, my high school uh, years. So um, you know obviously uh, you know your traditional teams like your football and basketball. There's only so many players that you can have on the team, so those teams do have have cuts to them uh whereas cross country and and track there's no there's no limit in a regular season level or uh, exhibition level of how many runners you can have uh line up for a race obviously when you get uh you know further down into the season into your your qualifiers and provincials your your team's thin a little bit but for cross country and track they're very kind of you know open to you know we can find a home for uh, for everybody and and thus you get uh, you know more sizable uh team than you know like volleyball basketball sure. or uh, or football so so when did you get the idea to put out this challenge for your team? <laughs> well, we've we've always kind of done, you know, we try to have a little bit of fun in 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 practice of, you know, if you we'll we'll make a bet of, you know, we're going to do five repeats of of this for this workout, but on number 4, you know, we'll pick a couple a couple people on the team and you know, kind of our our team motto has always been we win as a team and we lose as a team. So we'll we'll throw out a bet of like, hey, if, you know, this runner and this runner break these times on set number four, we can go home. We don't have to do set number five, but if they don't break it, we all have to do an extra set. We'll end up doing six. So we've always kind of done some things like that just to, you know, have a little bit of fun and and spice it up. And uh, this one was kind of born out of um, the year before for the first time since uh, 1982, I believe uh, we won the uh, North Shore Zone Championships uh, for uh, track and field. Uh, And then this year I, I thought, personally that our team was even better and stronger 
and the exhibition season. It doesn't really count for anything, but, you know, it's those habits and that work ethic that you develop. And I just felt that we were a little too, you know, lazy, lackadaisical, carefree. Um, so we kind of had a team meeting before we moved into preliminaries, which is where you start eliminating uh, people in the uh, in the schedule process that we have. And was just like, hey, we, we won last year because we worked hard. They're a great team. There's a lot of great teams on the North Shore. Like, they're not just going to hand it to us again. We have to come together. We have to work hard. And, you know, we can't be half-assed uh, about this. And um, at the end of that team meeting, we kind of had a bet, like, all right, so if we win and beat our point total from last year, that was kind of my catch to it, where I thought I was going to, you know, trick these guys into me winning a bet. Um I'll run 100K on the track. Uh, I, I used to run competitively as an ultra runner. I had the honor of representing Canada eight times at uh, World Championships, but I'm uh, I'm a little older, I'm a little fatter, I'm a little slower uh, than I was back then, so um, it's a lot more miserable to run that far in the state that I'm in versus when I was actually training for it. So, and, they, and, they do, and they do that as well. Um, yeah. And if they didn't beat it, each member of the team, there's like 60-odd people on the team, they would each buy me uh, a latte, basically get me like a $5 Starbucks gift card. So something like not too, you know, taxing or, or costly for them, but, uh, you know, something if, if they came yeah. together, pulled it through and won, they could, you know, come out and, and support and, and heckle me and uh, watching me run. And, and the, the catch was it had to be on a school day because the, the track, like depending on where your class is, you can actually look out. Uh, on the track uh, while people are running on it is like on a school day I will come out and run 100k 250 laps for the track if you guys can you know kind of we got to get our stuff together and work as a team work hard all the other teams are working hard they're not going to hand this to us and let's go so uh so then they did it uh which is great right I mean that's <laughs> Uh, that's that's yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah, it would have but... been great if we won and missed our point total right. by like a point, because then we still would have got the the title. We still could have said, "Hey, we you know we defended our championship." I would have got basically uh, you know two months worth of lattes or frappuccinos from them, and would have had to run 100k. But uh, yeah, no, they they really they really rallied. Uh, they came together as a team, and you know just a couple key leaders of people of like uh, basically the rules of how it is. You can only line up three per school per event, so. Um, we had a lot of people that would have been great for 1500 or 3000, but we're only allowed to line up three. So we take those people and a lot of people like, Hey, no, put me into like, I can do javelin. I can do long jump and something else that wouldn't normally be their go-to, but like, I want to help contribute. I want to get points for the team. Like, what can I do? And, uh, you know, they really came together and really, you know, worked hard to, uh, um, get the result that they, that they did. It wasn't, it wasn't handed to us. They went out and, and they earned that result. So, tell me a little bit about the experience of running 250 laps of a 400-meter track. What was that like? It, it sucks when you're not in shape. Um, <laughs> now, it, you mentioned you'd, you'd done ultra-marathons and ultra-distance events before, but what have you done recently? Have you been running at that volume or anything close to that recently? Not at that volume. So, I, I, I do still do, like, three or four 50Ks, like a couple you know, ultras that are just kind of um, staples for me, like Chuckanut, which is a classic out here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and then some, you know, pick something new to do more as an adventure. But again, it's like I, I'm i not running for time. I don't care if I'm like in the top third, top half, wherever. There's not a time goal. It's just about going out uh, and, and, and doing it and completing it. So 
um, they're they're much much slower, like almost twice as slow as when I used to, uh, you know, be in be in shape and training for them. But um, it had been about eight years since I'd actually done the hundred k distance. So um, there's a huge difference between fifty k and hundred k. It's not just adding another fifty k. It's normally when I get to you know waddling through a fifty k, I'm, I'm quite worked and happy to sit on the couch and not move for three or four days. Sure. Um, so yeah. to do do another fifty after that was uh, yeah it was a it was a world of hurt, but uh, it was good. A lot of the students, um, they came out to run laps, and a lot of the teachers uh, encouraged, you know, they would say for the first 20 minutes of math class, like, hey, we're going to go outside. You're either going to cheer this poor guy on or you're going to run some laps with him, and then we'll go back in and, and do the rest of our lesson. Um, and it actually kind of doubled the uh, – a couple of people asked. Like, the intention was obviously I was just going to, you know, fulfill my bet to the uh, to the team. I lost, you know, fair is fair. I got a – you know, I got to put my uh, put my uh, money where my mouth is and, and get the laps done. Um, but Hansworth, the the school itself is being rebuilt, and their plan is uh, starting in January. They're going to build the new school on the existing field uh, and track, so they're not disrupting uh, the students. They'll still stay in the current building when the new building's ready. Um, students will move into that one, and they'll knock the old one down. But there's no plans to actually replace the track. Um, when they're done, that hasn't been approved, uh, or there's no plans for it yet. Hmm. And that leaves the entire uh, North Shore, which is about 180,000 people, without a competition-sized track. So all the elementary schools, all the high schools, um, basically starting this, this track season when we start up in uh, in April, uh, we don't have a track to compete on in North Vancouver. We uh, have to seek alternative plans to go uh, across the bridge into Vancouver, which completely different topic but yeah. like getting off the north shore at rush hour here is just an absolute disaster um and uh, a sport not just for Hansworth, but for all the schools that again it's very welcoming to as many people as want to participate and you know we find homes for for everybody and we don't have cuts so to take one of the largest sports and you know i think it's going to have a huge impact on on the numbers so it kind of turned into like obviously fulfilling my bet but just an awareness of hey, this is an important playground to the community as well. Track clubs use it, Special Olympics use it, elementary schools use it, high schools use it, just uh, neighbors come out to do some laps in the morning uh, on it, and we should be adding more more playgrounds and more green spaces versus taking them away and not having plans to replace them. So throughout the whole day, like so many different groups were out. I think two of the 250 laps were on my own. All the other laps had people with it, which... Um, kind of helped distract from the, you know, the misery and suffering that I was, was going through. But, you know, I knew kind of from doing so many ultras over the air, one foot in front of the other, you'll eventually get there. But it's a lot better when you train for these things, I tell you. <laughs> I can imagine. So how long did it take you? It was 13 hours and 21 minutes, which is somewhere around six hours uh, slower than when I was competing. But uh um, it was funny. I think Rob Watson, around the time when my 100K PR came about, he had come over to you know her about it, and he wanted to jog a few laps with me as well. And I think I kind of made that comment to him of like, "Oh man, this is awesome! Like when you're in shape, I'd be done by now." And he's like, "Oh, you got to be near in the end, right?" Like, no, Rob. I think I still got like 40K to go or 45K to go. Oh God! But and it was fun. It was it was a great day. Yeah, on some level, it must have been satisfying. And not just to complete the distance, but to know that you had motivated these young people to fulfill the goal that you set for them. Yeah, it was. I mean, we we try to you know highlight that in in practice. We you know we 
we stick to what we say, you know, we set goals, we, we take those steps to achieve them. And, you know, we're, we're, we're a team, we're in it together. We, you know, we work hard together, we work for each other. And, um, you know, obviously they, they came together and they did that. So I needed to do my part, which was, you know, running, uh, running a hundred K to, uh, fulfill my end of the the bet that they won by, you know, really rallying as a team and really working hard and, you know, kind of motivating each other to, you know, if you put your mind to it, you know, big things, you can achieve big things, big things are possible, good results are possible. Will you ever do anything like this again? Uh, <laughs> I, I should say no. I mean, there's been numerous people that have said, like, under no circumstance are you ever allowed to make a bet again, especially with teenagers. Um but uh, we'll we'll do some little things, but nothing to the scale right. that will require me to uh, <laughs> you know be out there for more than more than half a day of uh, of running. Because uh, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, Ryan, yeah. congratulations! It's a great story. It's very powerful and inspiring to hear what you're doing with these kids. Well done. Thanks so much, Mark. Appreciate it. That's high school track and field coach Ryan Melcher. Coming up next, a runner returning to the sport. The Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Marathon is flat, fast, and festive. And this year, it's celebrating its 30th birthday. On October 20th, join some of Canada's fastest racers and compete for yourself on their 5K, half marathon, and marathon course. Register now at torontowaterfrontmarathon.com. Dino Nozella was a runner as a child, but he left the sport for a long time. Now he's come back with some big goals, including inspiring other runners. Dino, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it, Mark. Thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit about how you got into running, because unlike a lot of us who took up running kind of later in life as adults uh, for a little exercise and fitness and recreation, you were a runner as a kid, right? I was, yeah. You know, I uh, I started... um I was a great four, and uh, my older brother was a uh, cross-country guy, track guy, and he was uh, a few years older than I was. So I had to wait for him because we had to walk home together. And so it started basically, I didn't want to, I asked the coach basically if I could uh, run instead of just waiting for my brother. And uh, he was the fastest at the school at the time. I still, I mean, I didn't beat him, but I came second. So it was one of those things for the coach, I guess he kind of figured, okay, this kid's in grade four, beat a bunch of grade eights, you know, look good on me. And then I kind of realized I had, I guess, a little bit of, uh, I guess, natural ability, if you will. Uh, and that's kind of where I started. I mean, I played a lot of soccer as a kid. So I guess, you know, you kind of build that base through running in that sport. And uh, that's kind of when I started competing uh, at the kind of lower level. Um, and, yeah, I just kind of, kind of kept with it. I, I Later on, I got into the... Uh, there's a club, I know you guys are in Ottawa, but I'm in Toronto. Yeah, so I got in with the Thumbuckle Husky Striders. And uh, you know, we had a great coaching staff there and kind of got into it uh, a little bit more serious and a little bit more competitive. And uh, yeah, no, it was great. It was, I mean, I, you know, it's funny. I, I always, my first passion was always soccer as a kid, yet I had a little bit more talent at the running. Hmm. So for a long time, I was kind of like, oh, I want to play soccer, I want to play soccer. But then, you know, I started to see I had a little bit more. I guess, above my competitors when I was running. Yeah. So then I kind of focused more on the thing that I did in the soccer room. I kind of just stuck with it. And then you were you successful at it? Did you did you win a lot of I events? Did, I, did, I did quite well. Um, you know, I, 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 again, age-wise, I, I reached kind of 
I don't know, top maybe three or four within uh, within the, the country I guess at that point. Uh, and you know what's funny because you know I guess for me depending on when you knew me, you know some people have this recollection of oh he was this, this runner, and then others were like what do you mean I didn't even know that he ran. I mean, but you know it was funny because <laughs> once I got to high school, my life totally changed. Uh, you know, whatever complications get involved and a little bit of partying and you know all the other stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I, I basically just uh, like out of the blue, I stopped. I just, I, you know what? I just kind of took life into a different turn, and then uh, I totally got out of it. Um, and it wasn't until honestly, I mean, I ran for fitness. You know, getting back into let's say my twenties and whatnot. You know, nothing competitive, just kind of jogging here and there a few times a week. Uh, and it wasn't until actually the last year where I actually started to get back into the races type of thing. Okay, so just in the last year. And what, what made you come back to it at that point? And uh, it, it's not unusual, I guess, if it's something that you're, you know, when you're young, you're you're spending a lot of time on, that it's the kind of thing you leave aside as you go through some of the changes that happen in your teens and early 20s, right? That you yes. you embrace new things and you leave behind the stuff from when you were a kid. So that's not that surprising, but what brought you back to it? So, you know what, I so for me... Um, Again, my, my life kind of got complicated pretty quickly. I, I was a young guy, got married pretty young, and opened up my business at a young, as, as a young age. And honestly, time was, you know, as it is today, it's kind of my biggest commodity. So I just didn't really have a lot of time. And, you know, my kids are getting older now, uh, and it was just something I always missed. You know, there, for me, there was, a, you know, running is great, the fitness aspect is fantastic. But it's more the, what it does for me mentally is just, Unbelievable, and you know, as you get older and kids, and you know, again, uh, you know, business and whatnot, you know, there's uh, pressures that come with all that sort of stuff. So for me, it was something that I just felt like something was missing. Uh, I don't know. I just felt like you know, I was happier when I was running, and sort of figured, uh, you know, do I want to get back into it? Uh, but honestly, I was totally nervous. I mean, it was so long. Uh, I mean, I wasn't competing for a win anymore. Um, but I, I wanted to kind of get that feeling of the races. And so, yeah, it was more just uh, needing, I guess, that mental clarity. Again, having more time on my side because my kids are getting older, so I would have a little bit more time training and spending you know, time on the road for those long runs and not feeling like I was neglecting everybody at home. Uh, so, yeah, it was just a little. And, you know, I talked about it for a while. I talked about, I kind of go big or go home. I mean, I didn't start with a 10K, and then I got to start with a marathon, right? And so it was kind of one of those things I thought about doing, and then it's like, how do I do it? Do I not? You know, it, it, when we get older, there's a million reasons why we should talk ourselves out of everything, right? You yeah. Contemplate and over-contemplate. Ah, oh, maybe next year, maybe next year. And then, you know, I got into, you get into your mid-40s, and you're like, what are you waiting for? And so um, New York seemed like a good start, and so that's kind of where I said, okay, you know what, I'll focus on the New York Marathon, which is, you know, usually first week of Sunday of, of November. Uh, and then I started, you know, turning, I guess, uh, middle of uh, last year. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and you wrote, I saw you wrote on social media about how uh, that New York experience wasn't ideal, but in, in a certain <laughs> way, that was that was kind of the perfect outcome because it was a learning experience. So tell me about that. It was a disaster. I'm not even going to lie. You know, so I had a couple of things that went wrong. You know, it's really because it was a So I... Uh, you know, my training went well, but it was all over the map. Like a lot of people, when they first got back in, you know, I'm online, picking little pieces from this plan, that plan. I had no real kind of solid uh, direction, I would say. But I was getting my training runs in, and I was doing okay. I started at the marathon. You know, when I think back, I mean, you know, the marathon's on Sunday. I'm in the middle of the 
before on Saturday night late thinking, you know, I, I probably didn't respect the distance like I should have. Um, so there was a lot of different things that I probably should have done better. Um, but the worst part was, uh, you know, I was sitting there, I'm trying to think, I think it's a Pulaski Bridge or so, it's a, halfway through the uh, the New York Marathon. And uh, I ended up, it was, it was the last water station that I was trying to get some water. I had a guy in front of me, I was running on the last, he kind of cut in front, I guess he realized last minute that there was a water station. So as he kind of cut me off, I, I, you know, when you have to stop all of a sudden. Now, I've had some issues with my knees and I have issues with my kneecaps kind of almost dislocating out of place. So as soon as I felt something, I kept running I, and I kind of had the fear it was going to pop out. And I remember, I think it was the uh, Queensboro Bridge. It was right before I was just running in and my kneecap just kind of popped. Oh. So, yeah, it was a terrible thing. Yikes. I was so upset. So, anyways, I think it wasn't the first time, so I dropped it back in quickly. Just the medic was there, so I was fortunate for that. I dropped it in, and I remember going down the uh, Queensboro, and I think it was about two miles or so before you get into that Thunder Alley area. Right. And uh, it was the worst two miles of my life. I was just, honestly, in tears. And then, you know, again, I started digging deep. So, for me, you know, this, I think at the time I was hoping for maybe like a 335, 340 marathon is what I was going for as my first one. Uh, and, I mean, at that point, it became nothing about time. It, my, my whole focus changed from time into just finish the bloody race because I was, I was in that kind of pain. I did when it was time, whatever. But, you know, the funny part was, I remember my kids and my wife were at the, the, uh, the finish line. And, uh, you know, it was that moment, I guess, which I'm sure you know, I've been there many times, where, you know, you cross that finish line. And it's like, you know, you can do a lot of things, right? But you can have a few things that go wrong that change your total mindset and your total day. But I tell you, across the finish line, I felt like a champ. So I knew that I wasn't done with it. I knew at that point. Some people say with the finishing marathon, I said I'm never going to do another one. I kind of knew at that point, this is it. I got to keep going. Because I wasn't, number one, I wasn't, you know, I didn't reach the time that I wanted. Uh, I felt that rush, and I just had a runner's high that we tend to get. And uh, I, I knew at that point, yeah, this is, this is going to get ugly. I'm going <laughs> to have to keep going for it. Yeah. The was kind of, you know, I, I guess formed at that place. So, you know, I, I knew it was a much, much better runner than what happened that day. Yeah. And uh, so at that point, it just fueled me. And I'm kind of, you know, a little obsessive when it comes to that sort of stuff. So at that point, it was kind of, you know. You're in. Now we can, you know, let's see what we can do. Yeah. So where do you want to take this? Where do you want to go next? Uh, because I know so, you, you've shared yeah, a lot of stories on social media, too, and you're, you're, you're inspiring other people. So where do you see this going? About, you know, so my goal is the, like, you know, like many of these, People these days, you've seen a lot of these, you know, six habit majors. Right? So my goal is that I, I just love running in different countries. Uh, you know, I, it really is the best way to see. Anytime I travel, I've always been like that. It's a great way to uh, to see any kind of country. So that's, that's you know, the habit majors, I guess, are, would be my, my first goal. I mean, like any runner, Boston, uh, I, I had some unfortunate issues recently. I was uh, recently, I don't know, you probably know, but I was uh, running with, uh, coaching with uh, Walter Fayon was my coach. So we started the running that was supposed to be Chicago in October, and uh, I've had some issues with uh, plantar fasciitis, which I've never had before. It's the first time I've ever, ever had this kind of injury. Uh, so I had to defer from Chicago, which is you know, just so heartbreaking. But um, so at this point, it's, I'm kind of in the, the stage of recovery right now, and then you know my spring marathon is. I'm still kind of uh, deciding where. I mean, I've applied to the majors. 
point, that's basically what I'm trying to do. So Chicago will be next year because I get to the floor for next year. I'm um, hoping for London in spring, and then uh, we'll see what other ones are going on. But yeah, the majors, I would say, is probably you know, my, my biggest priority at this point, right? Right on. So, yeah. Well, good luck to you, Dino. It's a very inspiring story to hear how you've come back to it and to to hear you describe what it does for you. And honestly, to the way you gutted it out in New York City, my goodness. Uh, yeah, well, I don't, I don't know how you got to the finish line. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, yeah good no, for you. You know what? I, I, I will say, though, you know, it's funny because I was, I was listening to your show, and I know uh, Ben Kaplan was talking about it. I think he did Airy uh, a little while ago, I think last week. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you know, he was talking about you know, you know, how you get to that point where you're running and how you want to finish. You know, and you know, it's funny. I remember running New York and being in so much pain, and you know, all that. And I would see these runners come by me and happy and high fiving people, and you know, that was probably the biggest goal that I got from that. I'm like, you know, I'm starting to realize that now as I'm training more and more. You got to be happy. You got to run happy. It's the community is awesome. I mean, you know, as you know. Uh, and so for me, it, it is kind of funny. This thing's kind of blown up on me on Instagram and all that in the sense of the community and you know, people when they say, you know, inspiring, I don't know. I, I don't find myself not interesting, but it's, it is amazing to see when you talk to people, the community, the support that you get. Uh, and so I'm kind of trying to be disciplined that way. I'm kind of trying to be patient, like Ben had, you know, spoken about. Walter keeps on me out, resist my temptation, kind of slow and steady, right? So I've learned a lot in the year. Right? So I think for, Really, people have been more inspired. I've been more inspired by the other people, I think, than I've wow. been able to give to them. So it's been great. Great stuff. Dino, a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much for being on the show. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Mark. That's Dino Nosella of Toronto. Coming up next, one of the many runners who got good news this week from the Boston Marathon. The Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Marathon is flat, fast, and festive. And this year, it's celebrating its 30th birthday. On October 20th, join some of Canada's fastest racers and compete for yourself on their 5K, half marathon, and marathon course. Register now at torontowaterfrontmarathon.com. Like many runners, Ben Errett was waiting to hear this week about whether he would get to run the Boston Marathon, and he got good news. I spoke with Ben just after he learned his application had been accepted. All right, Ben, welcome to Iron Radio. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And congratulations on making it into the Boston Marathon. You're, you're in. I'm in. My first one. It's very exciting. But, yeah, as of uh, 2.18 today, I found out. Yeah. And so tell me what it means to you to get the message that you actually not only qualified with your time but made the cut. Oh, well, it's uh, sort of a weird um, anticlimactic thing because, you know, I ran uh, my, my race that I qualified was the Erie Marathon, which I highly recommend, uh, which I did on the uh, 8th of September. So I knew I was under the, the qualifying time, but I didn't know if I was in, didn't know what it was going to be. So I was, uh, you know, tentatively happy and uh, enthused about it. But uh, yeah, it was only then uh, today that I really knew. So it's still uh, sinking in. Yeah. And it means I got to run another race. So, uh, yeah, yeah, not just any race, but uh, the 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 uh, one of the biggest in the world, one of the, the oldest in the in North America, and um, uh, an incredible incredible race. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So uh, it is this two-stage process. That's the funny thing, though, right? Even if you even if you qualify in a marathon, you still have to wait to find out whether you're in. That's the that's the strange thing about this pro- process, right? Right. You're not sure five minutes faster than your qualifying time, and then you're guaranteed in. And then I've been I've been obviously having this conversation at length with other runners. This whole thing where it was I think one thirty was the yeah. buffer, so the different same buffer for every age group, every um, both senders. So it's uh, I don't know the mathematics of it are sort of mind boggling when you start to look <laughs> at it. Yeah. So let's take a step back for a moment and just tell me how you got into marathon running in the first place. Sure. Um, I, so then my first one I guess was about uh, in my mid twenties. And you know, it killed me. Uh, no one told me about the wall. So when I hit that, I was like, boy, does this ever hurt? I don't think I knew about gels either. So I was just uh, wondering, why is my body shutting down like this? Yeah, that sounds uh, like that sounds like a marathon in your 20s, right? I, it's funny because I interview so many people about running, and those who take it up early, you know, a lot of people don't take it up till their 30s or 40s, but or even later. But uh, the people who take it up in their 20s, almost all of them say, I didn't train properly for my first marathon. I thought I could just go out and do it. Or they say, you know, I had the wrong shoes, or I didn't have gels, or I didn't drink enough water. Because uh, that's, that's who you are in your 20s, basically. Yeah, you just don't know uh, how hard it's going to hit you. And you see all these older people do it, and you're like, ah, I can probably do this. I can't be that big of a deal. Yeah. And you go, all right, the, the human body can, uh, you know, work at peak uh, capacity for about uh, 30 kilometers. And then you start to use all your glycogen. And then, uh, yeah, there's a very defined biochemical process that starts then. And uh, if you're not ready for it, it's feels like a wall. Yeah. So where did you go from there after that first uh, experience that was painful? I think it was about, uh, you should take off, it was eight years, and I was sort of, you know, uh, tooling around doing 5Ks about then. And that's enough. I don't think I need to do this again. But it was uh, meeting uh, Ben Kaplan, who, uh, as you know, is the uh, editor of Ireland Magazine. We were working together at the National Post, and uh, as it happened, the headquarters of the National Post were... Uh, a half marathon away from around our neighborhood where we both lived. So um, by necessity and uh, um, luck, I guess, we started running to work, first trying to do it one day a week, then ended up doing it two days a week, and then then I got back into it. So, um, yeah, just got back in, thought I would never do it again, and once it again, it wasn't nearly as bad when I figured out, you know, how to use gels and what the wall was and how to train properly. All those things make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. And so you would run literally 20, 21 kilometers to work with Ben? Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, it was crazy. Everyone, everyone thought it was crazy. They had showers there, so it was, it was doable. Uh, yeah, yeah, but we'd been right up to Don Valley. It was, uh, it was quite scenic. It was a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and so uh, tell me about some of the events you did from there and then how you kind of got, got the idea to try to get into Boston. Uh, well, I guess we sort of started doing all the, uh, the sort of Toronto area race circuits. So, you, you know, you do the, um, the chilly half in the, in the, in the February or March around the bay, uh, down in Hamilton, the Toronto Good Life, or I guess it's called the Toronto now. Um, and yeah, it's just a nice cadence to the season. And then Scotia in the fall, Oakville half in Scotia in the fall. And, uh, we did that for a couple of years on and off. And then it sort of, uh, sort of drifted a little bit away from it. But um, this year I got back into it. So I really just started running again in January. So I was thinking I 
I went uh, with Black Toe uh, Run Club, which is one of the stores here in Toronto, and they have a great team. Uh, they, uh, you know, it's great energy, great attitude, speed work every Wednesday, long ones on Sundays, then started adding in a tempo run on Fridays. And yeah, between starting in January, I was basically completely rusty and out of shape to September, I managed to get get faster than I've ever been so it's eight months yeah uh, and was there anything that you did differently in order to get faster I don't think I ever had this kind of discipline before and I uh, really was discipline with the speed work that's the thing where I don't think I I never thought I would ever run with a run club I you know I thought that's a solo sport that's sort of the beauty of it but uh, once I started running with the team and you know all the sort of benefits of that and you know honestly I don't think I'd ever do speed work on my own it's never something I want to get out there and do but uh, there's enough people and people counting on you to come out that makes all the difference yeah, it does make a difference, doesn't it? You, you, when you run with a group and you, and you start out with this thinking it's an individual sport and you're going to be doing all this running by yourself, but when you run with a group, there it does make a difference and you do push a little harder and challenge yourself a little more, don't you? Exactly. And, you know, the other thing is there's so much energy you devote to making a plan by yourself and then getting yourself out the door to stick to that plan. When someone else makes you a plan for you and you have it there and you know, have it in an app and it's all, like, comes right up, it's like, well, that's what it says to do. All I have to do, my job is to do it. Don't think about it. Just get out there and do it. And, uh, you know, all the willpower that it takes to come up with a plan is off your plate. You're just out there running. Yeah. You just do your job, basically, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You stick to the plan, and uh, the plan, I think it's the Hanson's Marathon Method is the one that we sort of use, which is uh, um, these, the Hanson brothers out of, I don't know, somewhere in the States, and they... Uh, they're basically just mileage, mileage, mileage. Just keep on. If you want to run, just run, run, run. Um, and uh, it, it worked for me. So tell me about the Erie Marathon, uh, because that was pretty recent, uh, only a few weeks ago, not long before the registration period opened for Boston, right? So you were you were kind of putting your eggs in that basket if you were going to get into Boston for next year. Yeah, exactly. I think it was, it was maybe the last major marathon. Um, and it's, so it's down in Erie, Pennsylvania, which is from the uh, top left corner of Pennsylvania on Lake Erie, uh, in this nice uh, park called Presque Um So you run on this peninsula, you sort of run out and run back. And I think it is the flattest marathon in the United States, one of the flattest. It's, it's basically no hills in the whole thing. Um, so they drag something like 30% of people qualify for Boston when they run. So it is the race to go to. Um and it's great because the runners have taken over this little town. And uh, it was warm. I don't know. It's funny. You look back and you think, there's always some excuse. But was it warm? It was warmish. You know, it was a good good race. Um, good, flat, fast, and good spirit. And people from all over the U.S. and Canada. And um, yeah, I think a lot of people qualified that day. So. And for you, everything recommend. everything came together? Yep, it was good. It was a good race. Uh with my pacer, he, uh, he he left at 30 kilometers in a porta potty emergency, but I managed to hang on after that by myself, and uh, it was good, solid race. Yeah, well, good for you. So, what what are you most excited about when it comes to running the Boston Marathon next April? Now that you know you're going to do it, I just can't wait to see what the crowd support is like. You know, I, I feel like every marathon I've run, there's always a good, uh, you know. 10 or 20k where you're sort of alone out there trudging and uh i so i'm looking forward to a race where it's just there's people on every stage of the way yeah and that's gonna be 
And and what does it mean to you to have uh, to have accomplished this goal of getting in? Well, I think it's you know I was nice to know that I'm you know getting older, but also getting faster. That's the uh, that was the goal to prove that I could do that, and uh, I feel like that's mission accomplished. Yeah. Well, congratulations again, and uh, best of luck to you as you prepare for Boston in April. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on I Run Radio. Thank you very much for having me. That's Ben Errett of Toronto. Coming up in the weeks ahead on I Run Radio, we'll tell you about a marathon in Iceland and a man who took up running when his daughter ran her first marathon and he got completely hooked. I hope you can join us next week on I Run Radio. Thank you for listening. Have a great week.